Hello and welcome to The Dirt, in partnership with Gardening Works. We're the podcast where gardening information rains down from the skies and nourishes the seedlings of interest. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm Emily, Grow Your Own senior content creator. On today's episode, we will be discussing the many benefits of growing in raised beds, as well as how to train your tolerance of hot chilies. But first, we are joined by Anglia Ruskin student and allotment gardener, Heidi Savage. Hello, Heidi. Hello. Hello, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you all? Yeah, good. Very good. Mm. Pleased that spring is on the horizon. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't really feel like it in Norfolk at the moment, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) No, especially not today. It's been a very rainy, very rainy day today. Yes, unfortunately, it kind of looks like it for the rest of the week here. So, um, not really looking forward to that but (laughs) the plants will be happy (laughs) they will my windowsills are full (laughs) (laughs) um so would you be able to tell us a little bit about the course that you're doing because it sounds really fascinating and your research behind it as well yes of course well I study literature and history so it's um a dual subject degree uh I went into this with the intention of becoming a teacher I also Mm. work in a school which I do really love. Um, But as I've been going through my course and learning about different things and different topics come up, I've really found a niche area um, that discusses the importance of Victorian gardening Mm -hmm. and the impact that it's had on how we eat um, today and how we grow things today and sort of nutrition and herbal remedies um, and there's just this massive catalogue of information that's kind of been sort of put to one side mm-hmm. um, so I've sort of unpacked it a little bit and been looking into what the Victorians done for us in terms of gardening um, especially the upper classes uh, ward and kitchen gardens mm-hmm. um, in terms of searching for new species of plants and edible plants, new um, scientific discoveries that would help in terms of pharmacies. Um, So there is a real, it's a really huge, huge topic to try and unpack. Um, It seems kind of unexplored to a certain extent. and I really think they were kind of on to something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm starting to really look into it. And I'm actually putting it into practice at the minute. Yeah. Is that um, you have created a walled garden in your own garden, haven't you? I have. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a wall all the way around. It is kind of a six foot <laughs> fence. <Yeah>. But <laughs> I have um, created it in terms of big herbaceous borders um, are going in um, and different cut flowers, you know, as signs of different uh, classes within Victorian society would be able to afford to employ seed hunters that would travel around the world on these amazing treasure hunting missions to bring back these precious seeds and to grow these amazing things. And today we take it for granted a little bit. Mm. So it's really nice to rediscover some 
classics, really, of the Victorian walled garden. So I've dug up my back garden, which is lovely. My dogs are loving that. (laughs) And I've also got myself an allotment to uh, pursue the vegetable kitchen garden, I suppose, Mm. um, element of Victorian growing. So I'm really trying to explore all options. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. And also like you have your hands very full with all of that. Mm. I do. I do. It's, <laughs> it's a mission. <laughs> it's uh, my children love it, though. It's nice for the children to be outside and reconnect with nature, yeah. um, especially after the couple of years, you know, we've had. It's been a quite mm-hmm. turbulent time for in terms of schooling, education uh, and for myself working in a school as well. Um we do try to instill a um, connection to the earth as a whole um, with the children. And I think just them getting outside a bit more and Mm -hmm. sticking their hands in the dirt is so good for them. And just knowing where food comes from, even if they just grow a radish in a year, you know, they've grown that radish and that's, amazing to them and they've tasted something probably that they wouldn't taste from a shop Mm. you know and it's just exciting they're very excited to see little seedlings starting to poke their heads up on the windowsill must provide a nice sense of consistency for them because I'm guessing like you say over the last couple of years they've been in and out of school what they're doing are they allowed to wear masks are they not and that is something they can always go back to go to the Mm. garden you know, that, that's not going to change depending on what the government says next or anything like that. Yeah. You know, that's that's there for them always, which is lovely. Yeah, and it is one of the reasons that I chose the topic, to be honest, to concentrate my research around because I thought to myself, if there is another lockdown ever in the future, I can still go to a garden. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not going to stop my research. It's not going to stop a plant growing. It's not going to stop my experimenting with all sorts of different tinctures and salves grown from <laughs> herbs on windows they're not going to affect me as much so there was an element of that to the choosing of the topic yeah well looking at your gardening experiments and everything so far would you be able to tell us what some of your biggest successes to date have been um i think at the moment, my biggest success is herbs. I tend to, they tend to thrive. It's something I've always kept on the windowsill in the kitchen. Um, I, before this career change, I was a chef. So I was always using fresh herbs and the fresh produce where I can. So there is an interest there as well. Um, so herbs have always been a real success. Mm. I mean, they thrive and I'm forever putting them in larger and larger pots and (laughs) um, just trying to keep them happy. Um, But my most surprising one this year so far has been lychee seeds, actually. Oh, wow. Um, Which is something I didn't really think of until I was eating a punnet of lychees that I'd hidden from everybody else. (laughs) Um, I did think to myself, you know, the Victorians explored Asia, and this is something which they probably would have grown back I wonder what happens if I just stick this in a little bit of compost and water it and see what happens mm. and they've just come up so fast oh, that's amazing. I can't believe it 
So we'll see how that goes. That's an ongoing project. (laughs) But they seem to be absolutely thriving just on the windowsill in some multi-purpose compost. I didn't really think it through. (laughs) Um, They started in an egg carton and they're just growing like crazy. Oh, that's amazing. And I think the best thing with experiments like that is you go into it with very very managed expectations don't you so then when it works it feels even better yeah that's true oh yeah I didn't expect anything to be honest and I did have a little sneaky look underneath because I thought they're not germinating yet I sort of scraped the soil away. I pulled one out and there was a huge root on the bottom so I quickly buried it again and pretended <laughs> I never touched it <laughs> and it seems to be doing amazingly which is quite exciting yeah Oh, that is amazing. (laughs) We were going to ask you as well, Heidi. So now that you've highlighted your successes, which you sound very excited about the lychee, (laughs) what would you say? (laughs) What would you say have been your biggest gardening fails so far? (laughs) Oh well, there's a lot. (laughs) So I think I got a bit keen. I I think it's that classic thing you discover. a love for gardening and you're very excited you go online and you buy all the seeds you can all at once (laughs) Mm. and you get these huge deliveries and then you just plant them all Um, (laughs) and you just just trying to get a bit overexcited about things and planting too early I think Mm. um without much planning I mean my my other attempt at gardening was probably about eight years ago Mm. and we then lived in a property where we had no outside space at all Mm -hmm. and I just bought a packet of seeds which were just sort of had a little bit of everything in it and I ended up trying to grow sweet corn on a windowsill and had no plan of where this sweet corn was going to (laughs) go it just got to about a foot tall and I thought right this is going to have to go now and it's just sort of but but then, you know, it's I had no idea and it was just the excitement of seeing those seeds germinate and yeah. to look after them to a stage where you could get them to, um, even if you don't get anything out of them in yeah. the end, food-wise, um, made it kind of worth it. Yeah. But yeah, I think the fails were in planning and planting too early this year to be honest I have Um, to say it's so refreshing and lovely to hear someone not think through because I I overthink everything and I'm thinking right where's everything going to go where am I going to plant everything and the fact that you grew this sweet corn and didn't have any idea of where you were going to put it I absolutely love that I think the lovely thing is the excitement though and I think um, it's like you were saying about the children being really excited to see seeds germinate I think you never grow out of that yeah there's just always something like the tension while you wait the peering at the soil every half an hour like something might have changed (laughs) yeah and I'm also tempted to dig up a seedling myself and just see well a seed at the moment I think it's just still a seed (laughs) out of impatience yeah um so Heidi you mentioned um buying lots of different types of seed with your research that you're doing are you keeping it to varieties that would have been available then or are you just going with types of veg um, I'm trying my best to keep to varieties, sort of heritage varieties, varieties that were um, on purpose bred as such to survive a British climate. Because mm-hmm. if we think about the Victorians, we think about um, Britain being the workshop of the world and this huge empire which is being explored um, by all sorts of people for all sorts of reasons. 
Um, but for me, it's especially exciting in the terms of seed hunters. It's like this treasure, pirate's treasure <laughs> they're going to go and find. That's how I kind of think of it. Yeah. And um, so I do try and keep it to varieties that would have been available then. And mm. um, although I have found it quite difficult with some, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has gone down to sort of types and making sure that everything's planted seasonally yeah. and in succession. That's something I've learned quite a lot about over the last few weeks is the succession planting. Mm-hmm. Um, just to try and make sure that the food is available at the same times as it would have been for um, the people in Victorian England. Um, They were kind of obsessed with pineapples. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) So we have a couple of pineapple experiments going on at the moment. Oh, amazing. Um, So... I have planted some seeds and I have as well cut the top of a pineapple off (laughs) and popped it in a glass of water to see if it starts to root. Apparently it should. I'm not sure how successful this will be, but we will find out. Um, And things like I've planted tea. So I've planted tea and lots of different herbs that were made into tea. Um. Because it was a medicinal purpose, really, for the Victorians. Science was only starting to um, really gain traction how we know it today at this time. Sort of the until the 1840s, um, it was sort of accepted that plants took in nutrients from the air and expelled it through their roots. Mm-hmm. So it was only in the 1840s, really, that we learned about. Um, the accuracy or inaccuracy of what we believe <laughs> yeah. for so long. Um, and in 1860, I mean, that's only when we discovered photosynthesis and actually understood the process of photosynthesis. Um, so it's really, if we think about it in terms, it's not that long ago, really, that we've only understood the fundamentals of gardening in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, the science behind it is especially so important and it just it fascinates me um, how far we've come in such a short space of time in terms of um, these seeds and varieties that are available in Victorian times some of which we still consume today because Mm. they are so sort of foolhardy and um, really reliable and in the terms of adapting different varieties to suit our needs um as well as trying the crazy stuff like like cheese and pineapples and tea and (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like there's a very good balance there (laughs) yeah 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 we're gonna try we're gonna try i've got some menus you know victorian party menus to try out with some of these things once they've grown so i'm kind of (laughs) lying on to succeed oh that's so exciting um Now, this doesn't have to be from the Victorian era, but can be if there are any particularly good tips you've gleaned. But do you have any gardening tips or hacks for us? Any, it could be a little shortcut that you found or anything like that. Um, 
I think I, I had trouble with labelling. That was probably one of my biggest problems, mm. uh, really. I tried the lolly sticks and they just soak up all the water. I don't really like the idea of using too much plastic where I can. Mm. I do like to try and be as sustainable as possible. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of resorted to painter's masking tape, to be honest, <laughs> um, of which most of it now you can get recyclable um, varieties of and you can just write on it with a Sharpie and stick it on the pots. I mean, it yeah. just seems like a simple idea to me um, when lolly sticks go missing and children pull them out and swap them <laughs> around. And so that's been actually really quite successful and it's quite waterproof as well to a certain extent being made for paint so yeah um that's been quite good and the other one I think I um I watch I've learned a lot off of YouTube to be brutally honest mm. and uh I watched a Hugh Richards uh vlog and he where he teaches to use nettles to uh, fertilize your soil yeah um that was a big learning curve for me I think that's absolutely brilliant and it's definitely something that I um do have a bucket of smelly nettles and water <laughs> and, uh, yeah. fermenting away yeah. <laughs> lovely but uh, the quality of soil um I think is so important and that's something which obviously in Victorian times after reading about that and reading that we're learning at this time that the nutrients comes into the plants through the roots from the soil I think that's something which uh, is so important is making sure you've got really healthy soil for your plants to grow yeah mm. yeah absolutely and that's so interesting as well with what you were saying before about how it wasn't known that nutrients were taken up through the roots so I wonder if growing matter wasn't really it can't have been as much of a consideration no. but that's really an area where as you say we must have come on so much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, I my garden at the moment is taking some real uh, work to get where it needs to be in terms of soil quality to grow things that I need to grow. But before then, you know, it would have just been stuck in kind of anything and it would have been poor air quality or pollution here or... Mm something similar along those lines um yeah so it's it's really it is interesting and it does then like I say lay the foundations for everything we do in gardening today 100% like you say it's definitely good sounds like you've gone on a real journey with it all and everything that you've learned in such you know a relatively short period of time so what would you say um, is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far um to be patient <laughs> <laughs> the tricky Not one <laughs> everything all at once um I think it is the patience and the art of planning um mm, yeah succession gardening that anyone can grow in a small space if they plan it really well mm. and plant in succession and um plant in my in terms of attracting pollinators as well to the garden I think it's really important mm. um, that's something I've really learned uh, about in the last few weeks to be honest I've mm. really sort of dived into that um, area of encouraging pollinators in so I've quickly mm. planted a load of um, flower seeds and <laughs> <laughs> 
in a panic that I'm not going to have enough pollinators now. <laughs> it sounds like your garden will be bursting at the seams with lots of lovely produce and flowers and herbs and mm. everything. Oh, well, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> we will see how how that comes to fruition. But mm. um, I'm hoping so. I feel relatively confident about it, to be honest. Things are... Yeah really um start I've got some really good starts to be honest on my uh, windowsills at the moment which I know it feels a little bit early but I think that if I can keep them under cover I don't mind taking the time to size up in different pots or containers um in a way to elongate my season really as Victorians gardeners would do um you need to elongate the season because in Britain, as everyone knows, it's February, it's raining. <laughs> it could be snowing next month. True. We just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Um, and I think you mentioned that you are planning to be tracking your progress on a YouTube channel. So where will people be able to find you to see all of these amazing experiments? So I've got a YouTube channel called Garden 20. It's very, very new and it's very, it's going to be just me keeping a quick diary of everything that's going on, quick less than five minute videos of just what's going on Mm. and um, the progress uh, throughout the allotment, the garden, the seeds, um, any experiments we do afterwards, which will probably involve some kind of herbal teas Mm. and um, drying and preserving as well. That's an area that's really interesting to me. Um, So, yeah, so it'll be on Garden 20. um, And, yeah, it's it's very informal. Mm. (laughs) I love the format of that, just like five-minute videos. I mean, how many YouTubers go into like way too much detail and you just want to know the (laughs) nitty-gritty, how you're getting on, how your crop's doing, you know what challenges have you faced That's, that sounds like a nice yeah clear cut video a good idea segment yeah. to watch while you're yeah. having a cup of tea yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's just like I just want to know to be honest what bits did you fail at <laughs> because <Yeah>. I look <laughs> on YouTube and I see these fabulous gardens and everything's so perfect and it's it's sort of that that unattainable perfectionism which I'm grasping for at the minute um but you know the bits that don't work are where we learn yeah absolutely without them we're never going to move forward yeah we very strongly believe that on the dirt (laughs) we we want to celebrate those failures um but yeah and we really look forward to seeing that and seeing how your pineapple and your lychees come on (laughs) no pressure (laughs) the pineapple Oh, dear. Oh, um, Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Heidi. It's been really interesting to chat to you. Um, and we look forward to catching up on things on YouTube. Yeah, I can't um, wait. And Emily, we should go and hear from Gardening Works. Yes, sounds good. Gardening Works has all you need to get the best from your plot. From composting the old to planting the new. Specialists in all things wood, visit the website to see the full range of award-winning raised beds, compost bins and so much more. Gardening Works is passionate about gardening, wildlife and the environment and makes sure all of the wood used in its products is FSC certified and sustainable. Gardening Works products are handmade in the Ribble Valley to the highest possible standards.
Find everything you need to create your perfect vegetable garden this season by visiting gardeningworks.co.uk. That's gardeningworks.co.uk. So Sophie, you might be the newest member of the Grow Your Own team, but you have been embracing the good life. Would you like to tell us about your weekend? Well, I have quite an exciting story to tell from my weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the weekend, my boyfriend helped me build. I say helped me. He actually did build it for me. I just <laughs> dug a few holes around the outside <laughs> where the posts were going. Um, build, we built a raised bed. Um, so it's at the end of my garden. Um, it just comes out. We've got a little bug hotel and it just comes Aww. out sort of at the Lovely. end. It, yeah, it, it's really, it looks really nice. Um, Mum wants to paint it, of course, <laughs> to match the rest of the garden. Um, but yeah, um, he helped me build it. We, we, um, he's got some sort of slats from work so he, he, he gets sort of the, the posts and then yeah everything all the bits and pieces he picked up for it and it was lovely and um, we've sort of half filled it. We've underestimated the amount of <laughs> soil and <laughs> compost we'd actually need yeah. but um yeah every time we go to the garden center we'll be getting more and yeah. <laughs> do you have any grand plans for your beds well i do want to grow um well i've, I've got some onions on the go already from seed so nice. i'm waiting for them then i can transplant them outside also from seed you have jumped yeah. right in there yeah it's you? probably not the best but, <laughs> but I, i'm just you know you might have beginner's luck you, you never know yeah, um true. yeah um but it was brilliant he had the he had um all the tools out and and yeah and and i'm gonna i've got some pea plants i'm gonna have Oh yeah. Well, I say pea plants. Hopefully, they'll become plants. <laughs> They're seeds at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And yeah, it was it was really good fun. Um, oh. But I'm finally sort of have a have a medium to grow in and join yeah. everybody else. And that dedicated that space pots. just to say, right, this is purely for growing things. Yeah. I haven't got to worry about you know flowers or whatever. Yeah. You can just do exactly what you like. With exactly. It. Yeah. Like like yeah. before, it was just a few pots on the patio, and now I've got my own little area, corner of the garden, so mm. <laughs> gets yeah. a lot of sunlight, which is nice. So. It's really yeah. handy. I've got a couple of raised beds in my garden, and I think for th- especially for things that need a little bit of a deeper soil to grow in, yeah. it's so useful. And also, you know. They're aesthetically pleasing as well. They are. So they are. They make a yeah. nice little feature in the garden, especially when they're all full up. And yeah, <laughs> and yeah, painted yeah. as well. They look so much brighter, don't they? Yeah. When you're using recycled materials and stuff, it's nice mm. to give it a bit of a exactly. <laughs> yeah, Aww. give it a bit of a freshen up. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to get updates from you throughout the series. Oh yeah, we'll have a little Sophie's raised bed corner, <laughs> <laughs> and it is a literal corner, so it works very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Emily, you have been. Sewing chilies. I have. Yeah. I mean, they're just something that I can't resist giving a go every season, really, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going for my old favourite, which is Razzmatazz. And they're just sturdy. They're productive. I I just love them. And they're great for my little windowsill in the kitchen. So, um, but my story that I found this week was um, it came from uh, Metro um, on their website and it was talking about how you can build your tolerance for spicy foods because I think a lot of people are put off growing chilies potentially if they yeah. you know they don't eat a lot of spicy foods it's a bit overwhelming for them definitely yeah. Um, and yeah it was basically sort of saying that there's a lot of benefits to growing chilies and apparently there was a study in 2015 that um, found that if you ate spicy foods six or seven days a week it can lower your mort- mortality rate by 14 percent oh wow. wow that's quite a lot that is that is yeah very good. yeah um, there's plenty of other benefits increased metabolism um combat inflammation that sort of thing but basically the tips are just start slowly build up a scale 
you know, we can. there's plenty of different varieties of chilli that you yeah. can start off mm-hmm. with that are very mild. Perhaps eat cheese and just go slightly hotter, slightly hotter, and before you know it, you'll be... Yeah, still whiz. <laughs> what you're really saying here is it's an excellent excuse to grow every variety of chili Absolutely. that we it want is. to. That's how I'm And no this. chili is out of bounds for anyone. That's basically what that's saying. Yeah. So See, I I like spicy food as much as the next person, but I do not believe for one moment that I can ever eat a scotch bonnet <laughs> or a what are the other ones called the insanely spicy the ghost yeah, yeah. I can't Naga ones uh. I, just the idea of that being in my mouth it's frightening but I you're know. you're talking about sprinting before you're walking yeah, that, yeah. and that's obviously going to feel not very achievable so I, like yeah I'm going to give it a go because I was once very much into spicy food and I've dropped off it a little bit so I'm starting from the <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> from the bottom but yeah did I ever tell you about the time that my dad accidentally inhaled some of my dried chilli flakes? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Basically, I'd grown lemon drop chilies, and you know how they've got a really nice little citrusy mm. flavour oh, to lovely. them as well. And there were loads. They were super productive. So I dried them and turned the excess into chilli powder. <laughs> and my dad... <laughs> went to like sniff it to see if you no, could smell no. the citrusiness I think it was one of those moments where as soon as you start doing something your brain goes oh no oh no what am I doing Why was I doing so now needless to say um I have to keep any and all family members out of the way when we're preserving yeah. crops because everyone is a danger to themselves so were you <laughs> blending the seeds then is that what you, what you you've uh, done? i blended the dried chilies oh you are oh, okay. so it was so they very going to the air and yeah stuff. Yeah. Oh. yeah well oh. it was in a lidded blender so it was fine but the i think oh. the sniffing it was a mistake Potent. i'm gonna say <laughs> to give him a nose peg whenever he's around your, <laughs> your freshly made chili powders <laughs> also i lived in fear when i was doing all the processing chilies because i made some of the like chili jelly stuff as well chili jam and all that the whole thing of I don't know if you guys have this but you never need to itch your eye as much as when you've just cut some chilies up like you never know that you're gonna have an itchy eye that much yeah yeah I'm a gloves girl when I'm cutting up chilies I can't risk it anymore I've been I've been burned too many times pardon (laughs) the pun but I have so (laughs) oh Oh dear well Yeah. yeah um so are you building up from razzmatazz or are you building to oh, razzmatazz? Well, or? I suppose to it because I have I used to be a massive jalapeno fan. Mm. I used to love the pickled ones and oh. have them in every single dish. And yes, I've, for some reason in the last couple of years, I've just stopped eating them. So yeah, I need to build my tolerance up. And it actually said something like... Um, chili doritos start off with something <laughs> like that but it sounds silly but like you know just eating a packet of crisps like once a week or something just yeah. to help build that tolerance up it does make well, sense let's be honest that is no hardship no <laughs> no i mean no. that is very true we like a snack yeah. don't we so yes. <laughs> we do like a snack yeah <laughs> especially one with a kick <laughs> yeah that's true um so yeah. laura what's your story for this week well i'm a bit worried that i'm bringing the mood down it's been a really lovely uplifting <laughs> segment so far and here I am <laughs> dark cloud looming over everybody it's okay um I just saw something again in the metro we seem to be uh <laughs> have been frequenting the it's same the websites this week um a story about a couple who have been charged by the council for growing vegetables in their garden 
because it's a change of use of the land. Right. Which I have to admit makes me a little bit nervous because I grow my vegetables in my garden. But probably shouldn't be admitting that on a podcast now. Anyone who's listening from the council, I don't do that. No, she just said it for Just for the story. All of the previous stories about my garden have also been a lie. Um, Yeah, apparently um, they've been fined for, for growing vegetables in their garden. And I don't understand it at all because... Surely your garden is for growing yeah. things in. Yeah. I think the only thing that um, it does say in here is that there's people have to be able to walk through their garden or something. It might be on a bit of a footway. Right. But yeah, surely as long as people can get through yeah. it. There's a, yeah. there's a footpath and there's a clear way through it if that's what's needed. Mm, what does yeah. it matter? And also, don't you think that life is way too complicated as it is without trying to control what you grow in your own garden? <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. As well as the fact that it's well documented how good for mental health and well-being and all of that being well, in garden spaces yeah. are. Yeah. Surely it's far more pleasant to walk through a nice productive And also they it's not like they were making money from it because they no. actually have said that they had so much left over that they were giving it to neighbors and leaving things outside for people to take so if anything that feels a benefit to the community you're also discouraging people from living a more sustainable lifestyle which surely that's the opposite of what the council would want you to do Mm. yeah that's true you would think so unless they're secretly in league with the the local supermarket (laughs) (laughs) they want them to buy all the vegetables instead yeah maybe maybe (laughs) i feel like i want to bring it back around to something something happy now i don't know (laughs) i mean Going back <coughs> to the chilies, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we love a chili. I, do, I have um, a progress update mm. oh, yeah. on my little seedlings, yeah. so I'm starting to see a second pair <gasps> of leaves emerging Excellent. from the initial pair of seedling leaves. Okay, oh. yeah. So um, my just for reference, my the variety I'm growing a Fresno mix F1. They can come in three colours, so there's about right, sort yeah. of thirty percent. 33% mix of each. Oh, okay. You're um, both going so with the bright chilies. Yeah. yeah. So I think I get either red, orange or yellow. Um, and I don't know which one they're going to be yet. I mean, I'm a child yeah, at heart though. I just, yeah. colours, yeah. bright colours. Yeah. And I just go with it. So That's yeah, right. I understand. And, <laughs> and it's brilliant. I, I actually germinated them. They, they germinated in the airing cupboard. So, right. so yeah, yeah, it's the best yeah. way. I'm quite jealous because my airing cupboard doesn't have a door on it at the moment, so there's no way I can keep that heat in. So I just have to uh, keep leave it on the kitchen side, and it's yeah. just it's it's warm enough, but just yeah. So I'm gonna have to be patient, I think, which is oh. frustrating. You two are so good with your plants. I'm a really mean plant mum <laughs> at the same time as wanting to care for them really desperately. Like I will definitely feel like I'm overwatering them and smothering them with love in that way (laughs) but also it's kind of a bit like oh well you just go there and deal with the environment Mm. that's fine Mm. hey (laughs) they want to grow yeah they'll try I'm a bit scared to suggest this but I would also like to throw this out there that maybe anybody listening who has any suggestions for chili varieties that we should try and build up to please do suggest them on our social media pages and yeah it would well, be kind i was about to say if only there was a scale we could use <laughs> to determine yeah. how spicy chilies are <laughs> but yeah. actually there is so, so we actually just take, take notice of that and yeah. go forward with it yeah so. well 
I mean, <laughs> I agree. But on that note, I think Sophie and I should probably get back to our desks. And Emily, I believe you have some jobs on the plot for us. I do. As well as excitedly flipping through seed catalogues and ordering new varieties, now is a great time to raid your stores for old seed packets. Gardeners will often end up with many more seeds than they'll ever sow, and it might be a surprise what you already have. Although we can start making tentative sowings now, do hold off from starting too much, as seedlings may become leggy thanks to the reduced light at this time of the year. That said, there's plenty of tasks you can get on with while you're waiting for the weather to warm up. And one of these is to make some time to check over pots, tools and garden buildings on your plot. You can make sure any repairs or replacements are made ahead of the peak sowing season, saving on stress later. As we move from late winter into spring, fluctuating temperatures can put early, delicate blossoms at risk. Be sure to protect early flowering plants such as peaches and nectarine trees from frosts. But remember, spring is just around the corner, so until next time, Happy growing! This episode of The Dirt was brought to you by Gardening Works. Wood specialists providing high-quality, sustainable raised beds, compost bins and much more. Find the website at gardeningworks.co.uk for more information. Thanks again for listening to The Dirt. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for free to make sure you never miss an episode. We'd love it if you could rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the word at your allotment site, community plot, or even just over the garden fence. Plus, as a special treat just for listeners of the dirt, we've got an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer. Head to growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash grow to, that's G-R-O-W and the number two, or call 0800 904 7000 and quote grow to to receive three issues of Grow Your Own straight to your door for just $12.99. That's a saving of 38%. Every issue is packed with gardening advice, expert tips and tricks and jobs to tick off your list. And each magazine comes with brilliant bonus gifts, often a selection of seasonal seeds. Check the episode notes for details and terms.